0: You're listening to The Hour with Resident Advisor. The Hour! This 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 is 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 The Hour.
1: hour. You're listening to The Hour. This is The Hour.
2: With Resident Advisor.
1: Hello and welcome to The Hour. My name's Will Lynch, and I'm the Associate Editor of Resident Advisor. The Hour is Ari's blend of documentaries, discussion, interviews, and more. Most episodes cover a few different stories or topics, but this week we're focusing on just one, Visas. And more specifically, the working visas artists need to perform abroad, especially in the UK. We'll speak to Tiana T from Serbia.
3: After all the troubles I had with this UK uh, visa system, I feel like an, a criminal, mm. and I feel like I need to prove to someone or somebody that I'm not a criminal. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Nastia from Ukraine.
3: It's my job. I'm not going there
0: as a tourist or whatever. It's a job and I pay money. I don't get it. <laughs> it's not professional,
1: I think. The Indian artist Sand Dunes.
4: To be perfectly honest, it's deterred me from pursuing projects here with the same amount of zest that I was earlier because it's a massive hindrance.
2: And the booking agent, Craig Pugneti. Just a lot of artists have just been denied visas recently. Sometimes they don't even give you an answer why it happens, and you're just like, well, what have I done wrong? All of whom have had gigs, tours,
1: or even their lives in general, upended by immigration laws. Club culture is an intensely international phenomenon. These days, it's normal for artists to travel to two or more countries each weekend for gigs. As professional DJs, or as live acts, they have to do this in order to make a living. Setting aside the fatigue of travel and all that time spent in airports, this is not so hard to manage as long as you have the right passport, namely one from the US, the EU, or the UK. For everyone else, it's trickier. Depending on where you're going, Each trip can require its own set of paperwork and its own set of expenses. And there's always the chance your application will be rejected. Some countries hold on to your passport while your visa is being processed, which makes things more complicated. In the end though, it's one country that really throws a wrench in the gears, partly because of how strict and unpredictable its immigration laws are, and partly because it happens to be one of dance music's most important hubs, the UK. If you're an up-and-coming electronic artist, you want to play in the UK, whether it's at clubs like Fabric or Printworks, or at one of the country's many big festivals. And yet, if you are born outside certain borders, you'll struggle to get the visa that lets you play those gigs. Even worse, you can lose a lot of money and even other gigs in other countries while you're trying to get that visa. This story first came to our attention thanks to Tiana T, a DJ from Belgrade, Serbia. Over the past couple of years, Tian has made waves outside her home country and received offers to play around the world, including in the UK. But as she pursued those offers, a new reality presented itself, one that she detailed for us earlier this year in what you might describe as the opposite of a tour diary.
3: November 18th, 2016, denied entry to the UK, held at the airport for 10 hours, deported from the country, visa canceled. Reasons, inappropriate visa for the purpose of travel, even though the visa I had claims performers are permitted to enter the country and perform. Cancelled gigs in London and Aberdeen. December 2016. Denied performance visa for Republic of Ireland, no reason given, cancelled gig in the UK. February 27th, 2017. Applied for new visa, this time the correct working permit for a gig in Printworks. The cost is 280 euros for the visa plus 180 for fast procedure to get the passport back in time plus 30 euros for an appointment.
1: Tiana stopped by our Berlin office one morning this summer to talk about the issue in depth. I was actually just rereading the interview you did for your RA podcast Mm -hmm. and you said something in there about how when you were a teenager and the war was going on, being a DJ was this amazing act of rebellion because it was just so impossible. Like you couldn't travel abroad, (laughs) there was no music distribution. It was just this defiance against the whole situation.
3: I don't think people who did that actually um, considered themselves rebels or um, maybe it was not um, like a conscious uh, form of uh, activism. Um, But when you look at the whole context, it was you're working against the whole system <laughs> in mm-hmm. a way um, and doing something that nobody supports or understands. These days, it's easier with the with internet. You can easily find music or technology to work on music. But those days, it was seriously like such, such a quest to just find the records. At that time, I, I consider them like the punks of the 90s in a <laughs> way. <laughs> in Serbia, at least.
1: Yeah. To me, there's maybe a bit of irony that all these years later, things are obviously very different, but you still find yourself wrangling with kind of a different system and a different set of problems and obstacles?
3: Well, to be a DJ in Serbia is still um, not such a common thing. It's it's actually n- n- not part of a system in any way. So it's really hard to have like a, a proper status in society. If, you, if you're a DJ, it's not regulated in any way. In terms of uh, taxes, salary, health insurance, stuff like that, basically it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. like the whole profession is somewhere out there, it's quite abstract. Although it's better than it used to be, I have the feeling like Serbia is still somehow left out, and we are always joking that being a DJ in Serbia is almost like growing oranges in Alaska. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of like that impossible. But yeah, now yeah, um, I'm not like I'm not fighting the system in a way. Although after all the troubles I had with this UK uh, visa thing and with this UK system, I feel like an, a criminal, mm. and I feel like I need to prove to someone or somebody that I'm not a criminal. <laughs> Funnily enough, that was the first country where I um, I was headlining parties, where people would book me as a headliner. It's quite a sad fact that I yeah. can't get there right now.
1: Part of what makes the visa problem so frustrating is that the struggle to get your visa processed for gigs in the UK can jeopardize other gigs. Of if course, you're waiting to get your passport back and that's
3: that's exactly what happened because in Serbia, there is no way to have two passports or to have like a copy of your passport, which is possible in some countries in Germany, for example, it is. So I only have one document to travel with, and uh, they basically take away your passport and they keep it for as long as they want to therefore, if they keep it longer than they promised, I'm losing gigs elsewhere because I'm not able to travel because Serbia is not in the EU. So I need the passport every time I leave the country and I need to go through border control. The UK embassy in Serbia has nothing to do with the visa process. There's this office of a private company that handles visa applications. So you go to this office, you give all your papers, your application and additional documents. And then they send all of this, including your passport. They send it to Warsaw. This visa agency Warsaw sends it to the consulate or the embassy in Warsaw. And it is there where they used to decide on all the visas for the whole Eastern Europe. Even huge countries like Ukraine or Russia, everything is being sent to Warsaw. So, so there's a lot of work for them there. And then they keep your passport as as much as they need to or as much as they decide to. The usual process takes three weeks, but then you can pay um additional 200 euros or something and then they say your passport will come back in 3 to 5 working days and then if they need to do some additional checks they they keep it even longer because in the very small letters it's written that they have the right to keep your passport up to 12 weeks so after being rejected several times and after um having my passport kidnapped for 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 a couple of times uh, the last time i actually gave up Uh, because they were keeping my passport for 16 days. When I asked them if I can get it back, they said, okay, if you drop your application now, you can get it in at least three days. So I asked them what's happening in in the case of a real emergency. Okay, I'm like losing money here. I'm losing job. I mean, 200 euros for this uh, priority or this fast process is actually uh, an average salary in Serbia. The whole thing is somehow set up in a way that it completely demotivates you to even try.
1: Sanaya artist here is an artist based in Mumbai who makes and plays music as sand dunes. She too has had tours disrupted by the UK's visa application process. When she stopped by Ari's London office to record a sessions video, she found the time to give us a play-by-play of her recent saga.
4: This summer I was trying to plan a tour and trying to tie together a whole bunch of projects for Europe and the UK. Basically in a nutshell, I was trying to acquire one visa to cover all of the projects that I was doing and uh, I had a European residency that was falling in the middle of a couple of projects which served my application purpose well because Um, After studying what was required, it seemed like you needed proof that you had work in the UK if you wanted to apply for the UK and that proof comes in the form of a Certificate of Sponsorship and it has to be a Grade A Sponsor. In order to be a Grade A Sponsor, a booking agent or a promoter or a venue has to go through apparently quite an arduous application process to get verified. So I had all the certificates in place that I required. And I applied for a multiple entry long term visa, a tier five visa under the creative and sporting section. And as per my knowledge and my research, it said that the website said and and all of my reading, the rules around the visa process basically reflected that you can apply with multiple certificates. And the only clause to bear in mind is that you cannot let 14 days lapse between any two projects and if 14 days do lapse like if you don't have work and then 14 days go by um, you have to exit the UK and you have to re-enter on a new certificate of sponsorship so it was all all above board and all sort of fine I was aware of this rule and I even uh, I even planned to exit the UK to visit Barcelona and do some work there during Sonar and then re-enter on on my second uh, certificate. However, after applying, I got my passport back with a visa, but only the first certificate of sponsorship was activated, which means that I only got a visa for the duration of the first project. And um, the visa costs about 200, roughly 250 pounds. And we within that process also there was a lot of challenges because uh we didn't despite applying under the priority division which is basically you pay an additional 15000 rupees which comes to about 125 pounds in addition to that fee you're supposed to get your visa back in 5 days But they don't guarantee it. So you pay the money and you hope. Uh, We didn't get our visas back. We had to cancel the first gig of the tour. Did not go to Dublin. Your hands are sort of tied. Uh, I had to buy a return ticket to go back to India. Spend the same amount of money to reapply for another visa. Again, under priority because I had to be back in the UK in time for a few gigs and a few opportunities that I wanted to salvage. But everything that I had planned in the middle... I simply had to write a bunch of emails to people saying, I'm really sorry. I just cannot be in the country. What is interesting and also really troubling is that when this all happened, it was like, okay, it's happened. We're going to move ahead and figure out how to navigate the situation. But when I called helplines, and I did this on multiple occasions, the information that was narrated to me was, was different each time so there's a rule that says that you can apply for a tier 5 visa from anywhere outside of your residential country as long as you are in that country on work so i should have been able to apply for the visa from spain like I should have been able to go to Barcelona and reapply. But on one of the phone calls, I was told, no, you you can't do that. You have to go back to your home country. You have to go back to India. And I said, but on your website, it says that for a tier five, creative and sporting, just so as long as you're doing work under the same category of what whatever you've applied for, you should be allowed to apply. And I was like, well, if the website is wrong, then where do I get my information? And at the end of the whole process, there's just no accountability. Who can I pick up the phone and speak to? I'm supposed to be in England in August for three days. And I spend most of this morning in a logistically challenging conversation we were trying to figure out how to make that happen because if i have to apply for a tourist visa if because it's three days of not paid work then i have to go back to india and that that i can't do that right now because it it doesn't make sense um monetarily the bottom line is that it is mad expensive
3: March 4th, 2017, canceled gig in Paris because my passport didn't arrive in time. March 8, 2017, my passport came back after 10 days, but my visa was refused. The reason for refusal, fear that I might stay in UK and work illegally taking jobs not stated in my visa application. The costs of application are not reimbursed. March 10th, 2017, new application submitted, this time with 92 pages of paperwork, Proof of employment in Serbia, proof that I am the owner of a company since 2008, pages and pages of bank account transactions where it's clearly visible how much I earn and from where, contracts for future gigs proving I have to be at other places right after my London gig, a letter to an immigration officer explaining my case, return flights, hotel reservations, interviews from the Guardian and the New York Times, letters of recommendation from several institutions in Serbia. Again. 500 euros for visa and fast procedure. March 22, 2017 The 5-day procedure took actually 12 days and my passport arrived late, so I missed the Printworks gig. Uh, Visa was refused for pretty much the same reasons as last time. I was still considered a suspicious case. March 23, 2017 Talked to people at the British Embassy in Belgrade explained my case. They tried to talk to Visa office in Warsaw, telling them that I am the most successful Serbian touring artist possibly ever. March 29th, 2017, applied for a new visa for gigs in Corsica Studios and Ava in Northern Ireland, costs of another 500 euros for the fast procedure, again with all the proof. April 6th, 2017, I got the visa, but valid for less than a month and with the possibility to only do the two gigs I applied for. April 14th and 15th, played gigs in UK and Northern Ireland and went straight back home.
1: Needless to say, Artists aren't the only ones who feel the pinch of all this. Other people are affected too. Most immediately, they're booking agents who spend weeks carefully plotting these tours and often find themselves overwhelmed by costs and logistical problems stemming from immigration laws.
2: Hi, my name is Craig Pignetti. I booked for GOMO showcase tours across Europe and Asia, and I'm also DJ Lag's booking agent. Pretty much, I spent from June 2016 until the week before the tour started in October for Unsound was the first date. booked that whole tour and it was like 12 dates across Europe and Asia, Clock strikes 13, Panorama Bar, then was Club to Club in Italy, Cake Shop in Seoul, Dada Bar, Shelter. And yeah, it was just pretty much the most nerve-wracking and difficult work. Hardest project I've ever worked on. Like it paid itself off just seeing like we'd managed to take Lag out from South Africa for his first time he'd ever actually left there. Yeah, it was just something pretty special. <laughs> the difficulties that we encountered actually started before the first GOMO tour was, um, it was for a CTM festival and pretty much we were gonna take uh, DJ Laker from Crawl Boys out, but unfortunately, he got a UK visa denied, he got a Schengen visa denied, so that was sort of a bit of a learning curve for me, when I was sort of doing with visa applications, being like, all right, there's a lot more work into it. I sort of naively went into it being like, it won't be that difficult sort of thing. But I was just like, yep, yeah, there's a lot of paperwork to go through. And even if it's a small mistake, that could cost you the whole visa. Difficulties was mainly sort of just trying to get promoters to understand the paperwork they needed to show. We had to book for flights in advance. You don't know if you're going to get a visa or not. And we are non-refundable flights. So, Pretty much you could look at spending a 1,000 pounds on flights and not knowing that he's gonna actually make it over a lot of blood, sweat and tears pretty much. With the Mafia Boys latest tour, that was probably the most difficult one we've had was taking two hours from South Africa, one of them being a student, he just turned 18, which is Citizen Boy. And the other one, Yago Sol, unfortunately got recently unemployed before we did the application, which is just alarm bells for any visa. Like, if you're looking for a Schengen visa, a UK visa, a US visa, if you're unemployed, it's pretty much, you're not going to get the visa. But I had to get him to get an affidavit from a police station saying that he was unemployed, that he was a DJ, that he was coming over to Europe for a tour, and... A lot of people were just like, well, you, you could just get a tourist visa for him, but like the risk of doing that is that if you get a tourist visa, then we find out you're actually employed, pretty much you will be banned from ever coming back to Europe from the UK, which is the last thing we wanted. Again, there we didn't know two weeks before the tour, which is so, so like nerve wracking not knowing. If they're traveling to Europe then also the UK, with it not being a Schengen state, They." Um, put sometimes single entry because they think, oh, I'm just going to Europe once. The thing is, if you fly from Europe into the UK, you're not allowed to go back into Europe. So you have to put up with multiple entries. You have to show three months bank statements, which, for example, South African artists, they have to show at least 30 euros per day for how long we're going to be in Europe for. A lot of them don't have bank accounts or they use their parents' bank account. Also, just not, not having the right documentation. Proof of residence whilst you're here, you have to have invitation letters from every promoter. Insurance as well, proof of residence, proof of transport as well. You need to show all your purchased flights before you do the application. Unfortunately, there's like there was a situation where one of ours unfortunately lost her parents and you have to be like, well, or they don't know who their, parent, who their father or their mother was. They need to have their details as well for the application, which sometimes can is like a bit difficult for them as well. When you say you're like, oh, I'll go to the U.S. embassy in London, you can get a tube there, a bus, or like an Uber. But there, you're talking like guys who really don't have money to sort of spend to go to the embassy or their school, and you have to respect their school hours, and like getting them out of school is difficult. And a lot of these artists as well don't actually have passports, so something else we had to do was get them passports. And there's a, it's a, lot, a lot of work people don't actually know about. If you're a full-time musician, and it's your first tour in the UK or in Europe, you're not really gonna have the funds in your bank account if you're not from like a well-off family and it feels it's quite discriminative as well. From my experience, the UK has been the most difficult, which is such a shame as the biggest blogs and festivals who want to bring them and promoters who listen to their music are actually based out here in the UK. You think for some place which is so looked upon for a lot of arts and music, and it's just really strict, even for artists who have played in the UK before. Just a lot of artists have just been denied visas recently. Sometimes they don't even give you an answer why it happens, and you're just like, well, what have I done wrong? If they tell you this is what you did wrong, you can like, oh, next time i want to do the application, but it's just sort of, you've been denied entrance. Even artists which I look after who have had a UK visa accepted, Every document is there. At the actual UK border control, they're sort of being very difficult with him and just asking a lot of questions, even though he's got everything accepted beforehand. Shows proof of residence, everything where he's staying the tour, what he's going to be doing, promotional activities, he's doing shows. Luckily, he was with another artist and he had to pull his phone out to show actually a Thump article and a Facebook event, being like, this is where he's playing, this is who he is. And they sort of just like, you can come in, but after the show, you have to leave the country. It's just getting to a point now, just like, what can we actually do to change this round? There needs to be a bit more leniency to artists.
3: May 3rd, 2017, applied for another working visa for my gig in Liverpool on May 27th. Planned two weeks to stay at home and get the passport on time. At the visa center, I found out the procedure has changed and is now 50 euros more expensive. May 4th 2017, got a suspicious email from an office in Sheffield saying they received my application for a settlement visa. I never applied for settlement visa, I applied for tier 5. They also asked for additional documents to be sent by my sponsor by post so that they could get on with the case. Went to the visa office in Serbia to ask about this. They said all non-tourist visas are now being processed in Sheffield and the passport is in Warsaw. They said the email was a mistake. There's a big gap between how the system works and how our needs as uh, industry or just as DJs uh, work. And mm. I was somehow like a... Collateral disaster of yeah. this whole thing.
1: It was basically last year that you started. You started touring a lot, yeah. To DJ. Did you anticipate this level of frustration?
3: To be honest, no. I mean, I'm not a stranger to this because during my twenties, um, so in the first decade of the of uh, 2000s, the citizens of Serbia still needed a visa for every country in Europe, <laughs> um, and that was also quite a humiliating process always um, why humiliating oh you you wouldn't you wouldn't believe like i saw some scenes i mean people were standing in lines in front of these embassies and everyone would just treat them as cattle seriously and i saw like this one really heartbreaking scene when um a grandma came to Um, apply for an Italian visa uh, to visit her son living there and the way these uh people in the embassy were talking to her was very humiliating. And they asked her how much money she has to spend while she is there. And they asked her to show the money and you could see her old shaking hands, getting this cash out of her pocket and showing that she's able to travel. It wasn't, it wasn't really possible to travel with any dignity because each citizen was treated as, um, yeah, not like a respectable human.
1: You used the term uh, "suspicious." You said you were considered a that's, suspicious that's, case. That's, that's what they told me. They used, they used that word "suspicious." They
3: not really suspicious, but they uh, they said something like uh, they have uh, serious uh, doubts or reasons to believe that I will um, stay in UK and work there illegally.
1: They think that once you got in, you would like um, go underground and work off the books and yeah, just try to live there permanently. Yeah,
3: probably. Or, I mean, the one time I got there, they were doing some additional checks and um, the guy at the border control let me in. He gave me back my passport and he said, please make sure that you leave the country. (laughs) But it's more or less, I mean, I still feel like I'm not an equal citizen as... um, people who come from Europe or US, because I need to go through border control every time I travel, basically. Mm. And every time I enter EU, and now with the number of stamps that I have in my passport, which is quite a lot, I get questioned, like, why do you travel so often? How come you stay there only for one or two days? Um, Oh, you come to Germany really often. Do you have a boyfriend here? (laughs) <laughs> Do you like it here? And then they think that these kind of like trained uh, interview questions would trick me, and that I would give a wrong answer, and that they right. would catch me or whatever. <laughs> um, so I think um, citizens of these countries are generally considered suspicious as illegal workers or immigrants or um, whatever. And uh, this this kind of uh, attitude actually only. Um, I would say causes uh, the opposite reaction, which is the hatred towards uh, the countries that are kind of like oppressing you. And uh, I, I can see that also in Serbia, a lot of younger generations who were born in the 90s, or even teenagers who were born in the 2000s, and they don't remember the times when it was free to travel. They are really, really aggressive. And that's, that's how all these younger generations are in the end turning right-wing and extremely nationalist because they have the feeling the rest of the world is being hostile to them.
1: You lose out on the fees you paid out of your own pocket to apply for these visas, which as you said, in some case represent about a month's wage. Just the financial hit is really extraordinary.
3: The financial aspect actually gets me emotionally, uh, besides the the, the humiliation and this whole idea that, uh, I mean, I started believing that I'm a criminal. I myself started questioning if my profession is right or wrong. I went into like deep psychosis thinking, okay, maybe this is the sign from the universe. Maybe I shouldn't even do this. (laughs) Like thoughts like that. But that's exactly why these uh, oppressive systems exist. They're there to somehow protect their own and to discredit everyone else in in participating. And that's exactly the effect it had on me. But the financial aspect also gets me a lot emotionally because I still have parents who, both of them, live on 600 euros a month.
1: And then you waste- And then I waste just
3: as much for a visa being rejected. It really gets me emotionally. One of the reasons I really wanted to do this uh, interview with you is because I thought, does anyone even believe me? People in in UK or people in, in Europe, I guess it's so hard for them to comprehend and it's so hard for them to even imagine what you need to go through if you're not from one of those countries that maybe some people would have doubts on why I didn't show up. And I'm really Mm. like, especially being a super straight and sober DJ, um, I just don't want to to be one of those people missing gigs. You know, the last thing I wanted everyone to think is that I'm missing my gigs for any other reason but but this exact reason that I'm not allowed to travel, Mm. actually. You're listening to The Hour from Resident Advisor.
1: This week we're talking about something that plays an important role if largely hidden role in DJ culture. And that's visas, the legal permission artists need to perform in other countries. This can be problematic for all artists, but especially those from outside the EU. The Ukrainian DJ, known simply as Nastia, is an artist who's spoken out about the trouble she's had getting the visas she needs to perform abroad. In June, she made a social media post that began like this. To be honest, I'm angry. I don't know worse and more irresponsible consulate than the one in Great Britain, Earlier this summer, she passed through Berlin for a gig at Watergate. She gave us the rest of the story.
0: Yeah, you know, I always have a problem with this. It's not the first time I'm missing my gig uh, in UK because of my visa. And actually, uh, right now, my passport is in the in UK embassy again because I just applied for Fabric gig this Saturday. And uh, I didn't get reply yet, so maybe I'm not going again. Yeah, so it's a big problem for me because when you apply, it takes three weeks to make the visa. And the only option for me was uh, to apply an um, express uh, service. It cost more money, but uh, usually it was a guarantee that you, you will get uh, your passport back in one week. That post was about I played and I paid a lot of money. And uh, in the end, I got my visa and the passport back in three weeks. So it was taken three weeks and I missed one gig. And this time, again, it's already two weeks, and they didn't even reply yet.
1: Wow. Yeah. So where did you travel here from?
0: I came from Istanbul right now.
1: And you were able to do that without your passport?
0: I have two passports. Right, okay. Ukrainians having two passports. So when you use one passport to travel, then you use second one to apply. Uh, Actually, this trip I could make only because of that because my passport with my Schengen visa is in UK embassy right now. Because another one I was using for my Canada visa. My documents, they're always in the processing. Like one passport at least is uh, staying somewhere in the embassy.
1: How much time do you spend like in a given month or something applying for visas?
0: It depends on the visa. For example, uh, Canadian w- uh, was supposed to be a very complicated, but they worked well, and they in one week or ten days I had my passport back. UK visa is the most like pain in the ass, you know, <laughs> really. Every three years I need to apply for U- U.S. visa as an artist, and other countries sometimes I can fly to the country like Bali or Tunisia, Thailand. I can make the visa and the airport, so it depends uh, which country you go.
1: And the U.S. wasn't as bad as the U.K.?
0: In U.S., no. Because, in, you know, you just need to have right documents. And they don't take it so long. It can take like two days and then you come back and they put the visa in your passport. You don't even leave your passport in the embassy. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect. And UK immigration, they take your passport for as long as they need, you know. Because when I apply in a visa center, it's a special company which supports visa for UK. I give them my passport. They send my passport to Warsaw. It's the closest uh, consulate we have around Ukraine. So they send my passport there. And then they wait for this decision from Sheffield. And when Sheffield check my documents and they say, yes, okay, it's confirmed. They uh, send the signal to Warsaw. They print my visa. They put in my passport in Warsaw and they send it back to Ukraine. So, you know, it takes time. And uh, they are so slow and... When you pay so much money for extra, I mean, why you have the service if you don't make it? And I'm getting mad the second time, you know, in a row because um, it's my job. I'm not going there as a tourist or whatever. It's a job and I pay money. I don't get it. <laughs> it's not professional, I think.
1: Aside from the financial hit, how much does it affect you? You said it pisses you off. Does it make you feel discouraged?
0: It, it costs a lot. It costs a lot. Really, like a lot of money. But it's, in the end, it's not about money. It's about my reputation because, you know, they, they make it worse. It's like I canceled gigs in Dublin. I canceled gigs in uh, Bristol and a few more gigs in UK, you know. And people, they, every time guessing if I'm coming or not, they put me in a bad situation.
1: Would you ever consider not playing the UK?
0: Of course I can make a pause and say, like, okay, you know what? I'm tired. Fuck off. <laughs> but... Um, no, I'm still you know it's it's also my job and people they it's not their fault that we have this shitty government uh, situations you know it's not their fault so uh, every time I go to UK I have fun and it's uh, one of the best uh, scenes in uh, in our industry and I can't wait to get back this Saturday hopefully I will get my visa this week. I'm going back to Ukraine on thursday 27 it will be only one day I spend in Kiev. It will be only my chance to pick it up. And if I don't pick it up, I am not coming.
1: Does that make you nervous? I mean, does it make you anxious like right not now? Not
0: anymore. I was very nervous before because, you know, in the beginning of the career, when you build in relations, it's very important. And, of course, you you you're feeling like you're missing something and you don't feel stable and like confident. But now, I mean, what can I do? If, if I waste my nerves on this, then I will have a gray hair. In <laughs>
1: So is it kind of a constant thing?
0: Yeah, it's constant. I apply at least eight, nine times in a
1: year to UK. It's a lot of paperwork.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do it in a nice way. It's not about humanity in this case. <laughs> it's more about making the position that we are strong and if you need you can do this way or do whatever you want we don't care
1: do you feel insulted by it at all or does it bother you that they make it so hard of
0: course of course again because you know I feel responsible when I sign the contract for the gig I feel responsible and when I don't get the visa it's every time we call promoters it's uh, I I feel ashamed you know really honestly I feel like uh, I'm a I'm at the shit again, you know, it's like, that's so bad for me. This is the price I pay, you know, staying in my country, which is not strong enough, you know, which is under this kind of rules where everyone has to check you out if you're not gonna go work illegal. Um, that, this is the reputation, but what can I do? I love my country. I try to be happy anyway.
3: May 12, 2017, after nine days, neither passport nor visa has arrived. Canceled gig in Munich, again at the visa center. The only info was that Sheffield is doing additional checks. And even if I have paid for a fast procedure, they have the right to keep the passport for up to 12 weeks. May 16, 2017, went to the visa center again. They had no new information. I could have gambled to see if they will finish in time for my other weekend gigs or just give up on the visa, in which case I still have to wait for at least three working days for my passport to come back. I cancelled my visa request. May 18th, 2017. Still don't know if the passport will arrive in time for the weekend gigs or not. Fought with workers in visa center, told them to call Warsaw and demand for my passport to be returned. May 19th, 2017. Passport returned. With flight change, I made it to the weekend gigs. Total number of missed gigs, nine. Total cost of visas I never got between 1,500 and 2,000 euros. Three months of stress and dealing with UK visas almost every day full time. It was funny. I had this, uh, <laughs> I was at a dinner with uh, Ellen Alien during Sona with Dasha Rush. And then Ellen said, yeah, but why don't you pay someone to marry you? I mean, you already lost much more money <laughs> than- than what it would cost (laughs) to get a husband (laughs) which is true (laughs) which is unfortunately true (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean paying uh, someone to marry me is not an option for me but it was it was actually funny to do this whole calculation and realize that I lost more money than it would cost me to give to pay someone to marry (laughs) me. (laughs) What the prices are on the uh, the black market of, of marriages.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: While I was dealing with uh, these issues and applications, I read all the immigration laws, all the UK immigration laws, and I've learned a lot. I mean, when I get the rejection letter, it's pretty personal. It's like one person writing to me personally. So... It was this one guy or one woman sitting there going through my documentation and making a decision. I applied for a wrong visa the first time because the so-called standard visitor's visa, in the description of standard visitor's visa, it says as a performer, entertainer, musician, actor, um, you're allowed to enter the country and perform. But then below that, it says you're not allowed to take any work paid or unpaid. Uh, so, for example, I've been told that the Mixed Mag Live thing that I did uh, was not allowed, although it was not paid. And they explained to me, um, okay, so this is like an of immigration laws because you did a promotion in UK and through this promotion you will get work and make money elsewhere and you were not allowed to do that. <laughs> There's like no way you as, as an individual can understand what's going on there. And then, okay, I came back to the office and I I asked the guy, I said, okay, I have one question for you. He said, all right, I'm not sure I can answer it. Uh, I need an advice. And he says, "Mm, that's exactly what I'm not allowed to give you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was like, no, I just need to double check which kind of visa do I need as a DJ? Is it a tier five? Is it this sports and entertaining visa? And then he says, "Um, I'm not allowed to give you that information. Make a conclusion on your own and apply for a visa you believe you need. We don't want to take any responsibility if you get rejected." And I was like, okay, fine. And it's all written in this very weird legal English. I, I, I believe my English is quite good. Um, and I thought I really, <laughs> I really speak this language fluently. But as I was reading all these things, it was so, like, they they have some weird, like, really confusing expressions. So I had to call some British people to explain me.
1: So why exactly is all this so complicated? Why do artists even need visas to perform in other countries? Why do visas exist at all? For insight on the technical side of this issue, we spoke to Caroline Dunkley a booker who's made a career out of helping DJs get visas to perform in the UK. Hi, Will. Hi. Could you just kind of explain to me what kind of work you do?
5: So I'm a booking agent, and um, so so I book DJs into into nightclubs. Kind of how my business has evolved um, over the years. Because I've got a license to bring people into the UK, I've got a lot of clients based in other countries that have got artists that perform here. So I've worked for them bringing their artists into the UK. So I sponsor their artists
1: the process of getting the visas for the artists is sort of central to what you do, is that right? Yeah,
5: so you have a sponsorship system, and if you put you know, your license holder, then that means that you can sponsor artists to perform in the UK, to work in the UK. So anybody outside of the EU, if they want to come and work in the UK, they they have to be sponsored.
1: In this documentary, we've got a number of artists kind of recounting experiences of of struggling with this system, but um, we don't right. really have much perspective on why the system is in place or or why it's considered necessary to someone who doesn't really mm. understand um, mm. why why you know how visas work or why we even have them. It's like why not just let people in to play a gig and then leave or um, what's the simplest reason that this system is necessary at all?
5: I'd say it's a really easy system actually. Hmm. I don't know why why somebody would say it was hard. I think if you don't understand it, you might think it's hard, but once you sort of know about it, it's actually very easy.
1: I was surprised to hear Caroline say this and mention Tiana's case.
5: Of course, yes, I know Tiana, but that's different. You see, it depends which country you're from. So most countries like America, Japan, Israel. They just need a certificate of sponsorship to enter the UK, so it's very straightforward. But if you're from countries like Serbia, Ukraine, Russia, there's certain countries that have to have a visa as well, and that's where it becomes more complicated. So yes, and so of course Joanna had, you know, she had problems. The reason she had problems was because she came in before, when she first came in, she came in without, I think, using the work permit, and then she was coming into work without using the work permit, and that's what kind of caused her then not to be
1: refused later. Tiana and there's another DJ from Ukraine named uh, Nastya.
5: Yeah, Nastya, yeah. I do a lot of stuff with Nastya, yeah.
1: They feel like uh, there are certain aspects of the process that seem deliberately unclear or something.
5: What it is, is it's for those countries, because again, they're coming from the Ukraine and you know, those kind of those countries, and they have to then, as well as me, I would issue them a sponsorship, showing that I'm sponsoring them, and then they take that to the UK embassy, so they make an application, which they then have to pay for a visa. And so for them, it is annoying because they keep having to pay pay a lump sum of money every time they want to come. So, but I mean, I don't know what you know, why our countries have these different agreements with different, you know, it's like with the Americans, we have an agreement they can come in with a certificate of sponsorship. These other countries, we don't. We know right. we say that they need a visa as well. So I don't know why. I don't know why that, you know, I wouldn't know why the UK government, um, dis, you know, decide which, you know, we have, I we have agreements, don't we, with different,
1: countries. One thing Tiana said that sort of stuck with me was that um, the Home Office described her application or described her as a suspicious case. They were concerned that she would try to stay in the UK after her gig. Well
5: that's a big thing because you, know, with sponsors, you have to be very vigilant. You have to make sure they're coming, they're going, you know, where they're staying. You need to know where they are at all times because that's the thing. that They know that a lot of people want to come to Britain and they don't want to leave. Right. So, but within our sector, we, know, you know, we kind of know that with DJs, and they are you know, in the creative sector, mostly people are coming in, going out, you know, so it's quite easy to, to, to show that they're, they're going in and out. But I think the fact that she had come in initially, she'd done it the wrong way around, it looked suspicious, but it looked as though she might want to stay here and, and live here. Yeah, it was an unfortunate situation, she just, you know, she just made a mistake, in fact, so kind of gave her a black mark in her, you know, in her records and that hindered yeah. her now. But I mean, you know, I've, honestly, I've worked with so many people, and I mean, I mean, I've just got to have a bit of bother with some Nepalese artists that I've been doing. But that's because it seems to be a problem with the embassy there. I don't know if there's corruption going on. In there could be like, embassies that are bit corrupt in some of these countries. I don't know.
1: Hmm.
5: If they're taking the money, they're not. You know, you just don't know what's going on.
1: So, in general, I guess uh, you think that if someone's having kind of consistent problems trying to get a UK work visa. It's not random. Like there is some reason.
5: Yeah, yeah. Usually there is. I mean, it might be. We've had the occasional thing where it can be random. But you know, there's something. I but I've been doing this for a long time. I had one where they, I could see that the the um, home office had made a mistake, and then we appealed, and then they and then they redid it, and it was fine. Hmm. Or where they've accidentally marked, you know, on a on a visa a, um, single entry when it should be multiple entry, and that messed things up. You know, we had. You know, there's been I can there's been a few cases, but but it's, everyone's human, aren't they? You aren't going to make mistakes. There are going to be mistakes made. But in general, I would say it's actually not a bad system. It's much better than it was before. It's the same system as Australia, so and it's supposed to be the best system in the world. I can't see what else you. Could, I don't know what else you could do that would be better. Well, you know, I don't know what other suggestions there would be. It's just a bit when they have to if they have to get a visa as well for countries like um, Ukraine and places. So mm-hmm. I suppose that's a bit that would need. That's the difficult part.
1: But that's not really the Home Office. That's the result of yeah. global politics. That's a much bigger.
5: Yeah, thing. but it is frustrating. But that. But I don't think, I wouldn't say that's actually the system, but yeah, like you said, it's more politics, isn't it?
1: We figured it wouldn't hurt to ask the UK Home Office for their thoughts on all this, and to their credit, they did agree to give us a written statement. So here it is, straight from the horse's mouth. All visa applications are considered on their individual merits in line with UK immigration rules. We publish extensive guidance on the sorts of documentation and information that is required, and the onus is on an individual... submit as much evidence as possible in support of their application. In a way, this is a familiar story, one that has everything to do with one of the defining political themes of our time, privilege, in this case based on what passport you carry. For many people living in Europe, in the US, political borders have no discernible effect on day-to-day life, but for people elsewhere in the world, they are a powerful force that dramatically limits what opportunities are available. DJs are just one example of this. For sure, no matter where you live, it's not easy to make it as an artist. But for many people, thanks to the country where they were born, it's much, much harder. In some cases, nearly impossible. You see this reflected in the cast of artists who rise to the top and bounce around the world for gigs. Of all the names in our top DJs poll from last year, only a handful came from outside the UK, the US, or the EU. Some might say there simply aren't so many artists worth our attention from beyond those territories, but there absolutely are. They're just held back by a system that seems designed to keep them out. For anyone committed to being an artist or working in music, there's no choice but to try and make things work. Here's how Tiana, Nastia, and Craig see the way forward.
3: There's no such thing as freedom of choice. You only have luck by birth. You have like limited choices depending on where you're born and how you're born. For us, what's the option of being a DJ in Serbia? You really need a lot of willpower, a lot of personal motivation, a lot of research and interest and different stuff to even get the idea that you can do this. And then there are countries that are in much worse position than Serbia. Serbia is even not the worst. It actually reflects on the on the lack of diversity in our culture. I mean, now we're talking about electronic music.
2: I think the more the UK government tries to battle it and sort of make it more difficult for artists to come over, less artists are gonna come over here and it's just gonna be a disastrous effect really on the scene. You only have artists who can travel freely between the UK and Europe and not artists coming over from like South America or like Asia.
3: I don't see like how yeah i don't don't see how it can get better and when we talk about let's say germany or uk these are powerful big countries and it's very hard to to somehow deeply change some systematic things
2: in my opinion i think for it to become a bit more free for artists to come through to the uk there should be more grants available for artists wanting to come over to the uk maybe even a specific visa for musicians because now it's like creative which is quite a broad term but one for sort of developing artists
0: Some of the cities and parties I like so much. I want to go there I still have to fight a little bit
1: Thanks to Tiana, Nastia, Sanaya and Craig for sharing their personal experiences and to Caroline for her professional insights and of course big ups to the home office for their valuable contribution to this piece and thank you for listening This has been The Hour from Resident Advisor.